Hi, I'm David Stoker, and I want to welcome you to the Better Life and Recovery hashtag Hope Dealer Movement podcast. As a visible and vocal member of the recovery community since 2009, I'm frequently asked questions and for advice from people all the time. Some are curious, some are still using, some are in recovery, and some people just care about somebody who's currently struggling with a hurt habit or hangout. If people in my community have those questions, I guarantee that people everywhere are looking for answers as well. We started this podcast to give you answers and support because not only is recovery real, it is amazing. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back, everybody. Today, I will be sitting here with Josh. Josh, say hello to everybody. Hello, everyone. Josh Lean here, and it's so good to be back on this unbelievable podcast. So today, I think we are going to be talking about Nichols' fourth law and a couple other things. I... I'm a big fan of Nichols' fourth law. It, it says something that should be a no-brainer, but mm-hmm. to a lot of people, I don't think it is. I agree. I agree. Absolutely agree. What What is Nichols' fourth law? It uh, basically says that I should avoid any action that might have an unacceptable outcome. Mm, that's so good. So I think of, like, one of my big problems back in the day was getting into bar fights. Uh-huh. And what I discovered is if I stopped getting it, going to bars, mm-hmm. it's impossible for me to get into a bar fight. Mm. <clears throat> now, I might get into a fight in the street, but that's not a bar fight. That's a street fight. Yes. Might get in a fight in a house, but that's a house fight, not a bar fight. Totally different. Absolutely impossible. I mean, fight's a fight. I'm trying not to get into any of them anymore. Hopefully, I never will mm-hmm. because I've never seen a, a guy in handcuffs and been like, you know, I bet he's a really good dad. <laughs> no, you don't see that very often. I bet, bet that's an amazing husband uh, right, right there. Just trying to provide for his family, uh-huh. right? So so I, I tried to, in fact, that's another Nichols Law, right? Mm-hmm. Fourth Law thing. I try to avoid uh, any action that might result in me going to jail or prison. That is... um. I love that. You know, I think about me and um, in the past, road rage was, oh my gosh, something that I struggled with like crazy. And um, as I have walked through getting a driver's license back from after losing it for years and years and years and able to drive again, I have found that if I um, if I drive the speed limit and I'm not trying to go 8,000 miles an hour everywhere, that um, the road rage seems to just dissipate. Yeah, it, it was amazing. I found that when I woke up on time yeah. and actually started driving to work early, right. that I wasn't nearly as mad at the people that were going the speed limit. Uh, so, so different. You know, and I, if you would have asked me at that time, I would have said that it's all their fault. Absolutely their fault. You know, and since I got my driver's license back, I, I haven't had one issue with anyone. So I really feel like it might have been my fault. I'm just going to throw that out there. My wife busted me on that a long time ago. Oh. I used to say this thing to my mom. Uh, you know, she would be like, guys suck. And I, I was like, mom, after six divorces, maybe it's you, you know? And, uh, <laughs> right? and my wife flipped that on me, uh, one day as I'm sitting there complaining about how nobody in this town can drive. She's uh-huh. like, well, you're kind of the common denominator. Oh. So do you think it's everybody out there? The 150,000 people that live in Springfield or, or maybe it's you, David. If I could drop the mic right now, it would be, it'd be a mic drop for sure. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we have this thing kind of bolted in there. I paid yes. too much for this thing for you to speak randomly dropping it again i'm gonna avoid any action with an unacceptable outcome yeah so so i could go to the opposite extreme well Mm -hmm. i just won't do anything Mm -hmm. because that way there's going to be no unacceptable outcomes if i just don't do anything Mm -hmm. no inertia right Uh um but i would argue it's impossible to do nothing that's good gotta be doing something even if you're doing nothing you're doing something yeah all the time every time I'm sleeping, right? Yep. Um, well, I don't do anything when I sleep, right? Well, actually, what do you do when you sleep? Uh, you're breathing. 
breathing. Uh, yeah. REM, rapid eye movement. You're yeah. having these random beta waves that are flowing through your brain, giving yeah. you dreams. Your body, your muscles are rebuilding, recharging. So Some of us are snoring. Some of maybe you. Yeah. My wife would argue uh, that it's not her, it's me. <laughs> but I have a video that I made one night just oh, to prove it. Oh, man. My daughter loves it. Yeah. <laughs> My seven-year-old thinks it's the funnest thing in the world. She's like, that's mom. Maybe we should get that uploaded on Facebook. Oh, we could. No. I don't know which my wife would dislike more, uh, me posting that or posting videos of her singing. And oh, funny thing is she's an amazing singer, but incredible. she's like, don't post that up there. Like, unbelievably good. Yes. So, so what are some things that uh, might have negative outcomes for um, somebody, say, that is in we- early recovery? That's great. I would say going and hanging out with uh, the people that you hung out with before you were in recovery. Oh, yeah. But here's where I'm going to flip that a little bit. Um, I knew you would. And and I'm absolutely with you, but Mm -hmm. I was really big uh, whenever I was a therapist on doing uh, recovery enhancement plans Mm -hmm. instead of relapse prevention plans. Because a lot of times they tell us what? Change your... That that you need to Mm -hmm. not hang out with people you got to change your people places and things and a lot of times we tell people who they can't hang out with where Uh they can't go and what Uh they can't do Uh but we don't replace it with anything Uh, i mean that's biblical right there it says to flee but also says to pursue other things at the same time that's a that's biblical it's not weird the pastor always finds something biblical in what i say that's so weird yes um but yeah so i like the recovery enhancement plan because Uh instead of dropping negative things we add positive things Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I'm so engaged with new positive people right. and positive things to do and positive places to go that I don't have time for all of those negative people and places and things that I used to interact with. New nouns. Because a lot of times, we drop everything, mm-hmm. and then I get really bored really Idle quick. Idle hands. Yeah. Oh, Dell's Playground. Yeah. I beat you to it. Oh. Did you ever see that movie, Idle Hands? You remember that with oh, oh yeah. Sawyer, and he's like, he cuts his hand off. Yeah. Horrible, cheesy comedy. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> um, uh, unfortunately, back in, in the, that era, okay, still now, those are the really kind of comedies I like. I'm uh-huh. like, that is brain dead and I love it. Love it, yes. So, yes. So, what's something else? Um, I think that uh, going to a bar, like you said earlier, that's, a, that's not probably the best decision. Or even um, um, putting yourself in an environment where, uh, like if you worked at a bar. I don't know if that'd be a, a great idea or not. I don't know. What do you think? I've got a friend that's got over 20 years in AA that mm-hmm. is has been a bartender the entire time. So is that the exception, though? I think it might be the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for a lot of people, that could be bad. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of it has to do with probably triggers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by triggers, I don't mean... There's actually a, a full science to triggers mm-hmm. that I think a lot of people don't understand. Uh, we have this part of our brain that's called the amygdala. Mm-hmm. And the amygdala actually remembers what happened right before you got that huge dopamine rush. Mm -hmm. So what it does is it kind of primes the pump. Like say you walk into the bar that you always get intoxicated at. Mm -hmm. It's going to give you a little burst Mm -hmm. uh, of those feel-good neurotransmitters and kind of prime the pump Mm -hmm. and make you want more. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, I tell people I'm still that way uh, with one thing. Hmm. Like, do you have anything that's like a big trigger for you still? Man, I don't know right offhand if I have anything that's a big, big trigger for me. I mean, I suppose what would be the biggest tr- trigger for me is if, for me, my biggest reason to escape was deceit, was being a liar, and I just didn't like myself. So I guess if for me, if I started lying about things again, 
everything would be a trigger because I'd want to escape. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Okay. <laughs> um, so you're telling the truth. I have to be. Okay. <laughs> uh, for me, it's the register. Oh, yeah. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. You know, like I can get shots all day long, uh-huh. but if they have to register, as soon as I see the blood come up in that uh-huh. syringe, it like clenches my entire body up. Mm. Yeah. So, so, and that's after, I don't know, I celebrated my 11th year this year. Congratulations, so. man. So I always tell people that the obsession's gone, but on occasion the desire is still there. That's good. You know. Yeah. Uh, the good thing though is now I have a foundation. Mm-hmm. I have supports. I have yeah. tools that I can use, mm-hmm. and that's where I'm gonna maybe tie in a couple things. Uh, actually, it's kind of funny. Uh, Nichols' fourth law is actually a chapter in my book, uh, and I, we don't talk about my book a whole lot Ever. on the podcast. But I have a book. It's called Hope Dealer. Yeah, and, you should check it out. And I got the, a signed copy. Not a big deal. And you can too. Um, <laughs> just come find me, um, uh, or bring me to your community, and I'll do a book yes. book reading, book signing. But basically, uh, the first half is kind of my life, mm-hmm. and then the second half is those things that help me grow uh, in my recovery and spiritually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I talk about Nichols' fourth law, but I also talk about some things like uh, um, the three questions that changed my life. Let's hear it. You know. Um, for me, I would ask myself if I think when I first was writing this, I just had a son, but now I have a couple kids. So Mm -hmm. if my kids were standing there, is this something I'd want to want to want to, is this something I'd do? Mm. And then if I could answer yes to that, then I ask myself if my kids are, when my kids grow up, is this something I would want them to do? Wow. And then my third question was, if God was standing here, mm-hmm. is this something I'd do? And the funny thing is, I mean, you know, if you have the same belief that I have, God's always there. Yep. You yeah. don't have to believe it. He is. Right. You know, but at the time, I mean, those were the questions that I kind of asked myself. And mm-hmm. if you don't believe in God, just ask yourself the first two. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, whether it's your son, daughter, your mom, your gra- your gam gam, your, <laughs> right. uh, your baby uh-huh. sister, your baby brother, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that person that you really care about, if they were standing there. Would, would you, you do, do it? That's good. And then if you can answer yes, would you want them to do it? Because yeah. honestly, if I wouldn't want the people I care about doing something, I got no business doing it myself. Yeah. You know? That's so good. So I found that it was easier for me to avoid doing those things that had an outcome I didn't want mm-hmm. whenever I started looking at it as my uh, my kids mm. or before my kids, right. my baby sister. Yeah, yeah. And you put a vision behind it. Yeah. Give it purpose. I like it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. Amen. Man. <laughs> You're welcome. Josh liked something I did. I'm going to write this down on my calendar. Yeah, we, we gonna, we, maybe we shouldn't have that recorded. I don't know. I don't want, to, I want that out there. So, uh, I don't know. What else do you think about uh, Nichols' Fourth Law? Uh, I like it because I think you can look at the outcome of a lot of things. Like, I can look at the fact of the way that I used to drive um, or the way that I used to act. And I know that the outcome of that is going to be jail, you know? And so I think it, just avoid that. Avoid any action with an unacceptable outcome. Like you're saying, I, I don't want to ever go back to jail again. And there's there's some very um, practical things I can do not to let that happen again, you know? And I think about, you're talking about um, we can't do nothing, you know? We're always doing something, you know? We're Even human. We're sleeping. We you know? really shouldn't be called a human being. We should be called like a human doing, doing right? right? <laughs> and recovery is definitely an action word. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. absolutely it is. And I think that um, avoid any action, including 
oversleeping all the time. That was a, a, an issue for me at, when I first got into recovery was just sleeping all the time, man. And so um, having to put some some boundaries and structure in place, that way I, I, I wouldn't miss things because I was oversleeping. Yeah, and so avoiding any action with an unacceptable outcome. There you go. Mm. So we like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can use it for just about anything. You really? Can. Really. You know, I think yeah. of drug use. Mm. Um, especially if I combine it with those questions, yeah. let's just combine it with the first two. Yeah. Let's say you're listening to this and you don't have belief in higher power, mm-hmm. you know, um, man, I think I want to go shoot some dope. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So would you shoot that dope on the couch if your kid was sitting right next to you? Mm. No. Okay. Yeah. Then you probably shouldn't do, do it. it. Yeah. Cool. But man, what if you're crazy enough to do it? Because mm. how many of us grew up with parents yeah. You know, I can remember my mom telling me not to smoke while she was blowing <laughs> smoke in my face because she had a cigarette <laughs> right. going nonstop. Cigarette for me, yeah. Probably a couple packs a day have right. it. You know, so okay, maybe I'd do it in front of my kids, but is this what I want my kid to shoot dope when they get older? Mm-hmm. I don't, Gotta no, hope not. I don't know what parents ever said yes to I'm just gonna put it out there. It's yeah. amazing how many parents I worked with uh, because I was a therapist uh, with a family dependency treatment court. How many parents I worked with that were doing drugs, mm-hmm. but they're like, so what about your kids? Well, my kids will never do this. They know better. You know, I bet at one time <laughs> yes. you were telling yourself, I will never grow up to be like my parents. And your parents were saying, my kid will never grow up to be like me. They know better. Yeah. Right. It's- or, uh, I also think about it with, uh, the women that I worked with who were in, uh, domestic violence situations mm-hmm. wow. and they would keep going back. Right. And I would talk to him and I was like, so has they ever hit your kid? No. Okay, well, next time when he gets done, if he's still got some energy left, why don't you tell him to go slap your daughter a couple of times? What are How you talking about? You? I would never. And right. I'm like, what message do you think you're passing? Yeah. What would you do if your daughter was dating somebody like you're dating? I'd kill him. Yeah. And I'm like, you're sleeping with him. Right? <laughs> and it don't matter the words you say, they see, they see the action. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And actions speak louder than words. Right? Every, every time. So once again... That I may have more higher expectations for my kids, which brings me to another oh, one of my chapters. Yeah. I also had a chapter on the three questions, and right. then I also have another chapter that's on what I like to call the platinum rule. I love it. Let's hear it. And uh, the platinum rule is for people just like we were talking about, actually. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan of the platinum rule because uh, I remember my sponsor talking to me about the golden rule. Uh-huh. He's like, you need to treat people the way yeah. you want to be treated. And I'm like, well, I, I want to be treated like crap because that's what I deserve. <laughs> because early so in recovery, good. I thought I deserved to get treated horribly. Uh-huh. And the funny thing is, uh, as I was writing this chapter, I'm going to read a couple of these to Let's you. Let's hear it. I want to hear it. Um, you know, the do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Uh, mm-hmm. That's Scriptural. generally attributed to Jesus in the New Testament, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Judaism, mm-hmm. Old Testament, says you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Yep. Confucianism, Confucianism mm-hmm. says, try your best to treat others as you would wish to be treated yourself. Mm. Hinduism says, one should not behave towards others in a way which is disagreeable to oneself. Islam says, not one of you is a believer until he loves for his brother what he loves for himself. In Jainism, a man should wander about treating all creatures as he himself would be treated. And finally, Buddhism, hurt not others in ways that you yourself would find harmful. So it's not just Christianity. I mean, it's pretty much in most religions out there. And I think most people that aren't, that don't Mm -hmm. have religion, that consider themselves good people, probably believe in that too. Yes. Um, The problem is, 
like I said, what the golden rule is, and there's other platinum rules out there. I will tell you, like, there's a business platinum rule and some other ones. This is uh-huh. not those. Same. Yeah. This is completely different. This is something I made up. Maybe I should have called it, like, the titanium, the adamantine rule, <laughs> right? I'm a huge Wolverine we fan, so maybe we should have done that. Stoker um, rule. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Hope dealer rule. Hope dealer rule. I like it. But I like Hope the platinum rule just because rule. platinum is more valuable than gold. I, yeah, right? I get it. So in that, what I said is, as I looked out and I realized that I didn't want to treat people the way that I thought I should be treated, mm-hmm. platinum rule says treat people the way you would want the person you care about the most to be treated. Oh, that's good. Like at the, uh-huh. at the time, my baby sister was probably the best person mm-hmm. that I knew. And I loved her more than anything. Uh, People talk about enabling somebody to death. My sister literally enabled me to life. I wouldn't Mm. be here if it wasn't for her on several different occasions. I know some of those. Yeah, for sure. You know, so I would ask, you know, I would ask myself, would I want somebody to do this to my sister? Because Mm. if I wouldn't, everybody is somebody's sister. So that's somebody's sister I'm doing that to. And if I wouldn't want to do that to somebody else's sister... I mean, to my if I wouldn't want somebody to do that to my sister, why would I do that to somebody else's sister? Mm. So good. And now I have kids. Yeah. You know, would I want somebody to talk about my kids behind their back? Definitely not. Then why would I talk about somebody behind their back? Yep. So good. You know, and these, I think, all kind of tie into Nichols' fourth law. Mm-hmm. They do. Right? Because they all produce, if I don't follow them, if I don't play them through to the end, uh-huh. what they say, play the tape to the end, surf, uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> Thought surfing is another way they put it. But basically carrying that all the way through to its ultimate conclusion. If I don't follow these, then I can definitely have outcomes that I do not want. Yes. And the truth is I needed these kinds of reminders and Mm -hmm. things I could do, these tools, early on in my recovery until Mm -hmm. I built new neural pathways. Yep, exactly. Because me being mean Mm -hmm. was an automatic thing. Right. You know. Yeah, it was a... A defense mechanism or it's just the way that we were wired through those neural pathways after years and years of acting and being that way so that's great i love that i love it by the way the most um expensive metal in the world is californium so you could call it the californium rule californium and now i'm now i just got red hot chili peppers <laughs> yeah. but i think that's california california yeah. but you know whatever uh yeah so thank you for making me think of that song. I love Red, red Hot Chili Peppers. And yeah, if you too. like songs about recovery, Under oh, the Bridge is actually, gosh, right? you know, Anthony Kiedis had a lot of issues with uh, heroin back yeah, in the day, or some of yeah. my friends call it heroin. <laughs> so yes. he used to do that heroin back heroin. in the day. Yeah. And uh, there were some people that definitely had issues, and he was one of them, and that was his song. And if you break that song down, I mean, it's pretty incredible. It is awesome. Sometimes I feel like I don't have a partner. Sometimes oh. I feel like my only friend. Mm. Gosh, you know. it's good. I uh, I saw them in concert with with the Foo Fighters, which was kind of random. But um, yeah, yeah, I saw the Foo Fighters with Rage Against the Machine too. I saw the Foo Fighters I, twice. I've never seen the Foo Fighters. Now yeah. I've seen Rage and I've yeah. seen Red Hot Chili Peppers, but I've never seen the, I've Foo, never Fighters. Seen the Foo Fighters twice. That's How about weird. That? Yeah, huh. it is. Yeah, but it was really good. Oh, it was an incredible concert. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, like I saw. Uh, oh, what were those little kids? The Mbop kids. Hanson. Hanson. You saw Hanson in concert. They traveled with fish. I went to see what? fish, and they they were with fish. Yeah, who would have thought? I'm like, I'm going to a fish concert, and I go, and I'm like, oh wow, really? But at the shrimp? time, I was so high, it really didn't matter. <laughs> Is that answer? <laughs> I was tripping so bad, you know, because that's kind of what you do at fish concerts, right? Yeah, when you have a full blown substance use disorder. But anyway. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So yeah, I never would have paid to go see Hanson by themselves. 
did they get on the fish tour? I have no idea. Anyway, um, yeah. So yeah, I'm reading the lyrics to "Under the Bridge." If you guys Under are the wondering right now, <laughs> uh, so uh, like, sometimes I feel like I don't yeah, have a partner. That's it. Sometimes I feel like my, my only friend, friend is the city <laughs> I live in, the city of angels. Lonely as I am, together we cry. Yeah. Woo! Look at that. <laughs> I will let you know. He was looking at the lyrics. I was not. No, you you have some kind of trap brain that holds lyrics. So does your daughter. I used to sing in a hairband cover band back in the day. So I oh. used to sing. Yeah, I did. Years and years and years yeah. ago before I completely destroyed my voice mm-hmm. singing through a cold. Oh. Uh, so really? I bruised vocal nodules and I guess I lost like an octave. I don't know. Huh. I was never that great of a. I thought I was a really good singer, and then uh, I married my wife. And then, and I was like, you know, I'm really not that good of a she's singer. Amazing. So you yeah. broke Nichols' fourth law when you sang through that cold. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> did. Yeah, you it did. had an action. Yeah, I was actually in a band back in the day. It was what? called uh, Dave and Zach, Jim and Jack. It was me <laughs> and uh, a kid that played acoustic guitar. His name was Zach. Uh-huh. I, I I drank Jim Beam. He drank Jack Daniels. Wow. So and we played we played a couple of keggers and some yeah. things like that, but. I was never in a band. I can't sing. I can't play any instruments. But I do like music. Yeah, I love music. I mean, mm-hmm. and I, I I sing adequately. Way better. Like I'm not amazing, yeah. but I sing adequately. Uh, but I'm like I've talked about before. I don't really have a bunch of skills. Uh huh. Um, I do a couple things really well, and one of those is recovery. Mm, you do. And I think that's yeah. kind of why we have this podcast and we talk about these things. Is hopefully uh, my hope is that recovery is contagious and that people can catch it through me yeah I love you that know. absolutely spread hope yeah um, oh man Ooh. maybe we should deal it yeah almost. <laughs> I know there's some people that hate the term hope dealer uh-huh. um uh, uh, one of the guys that that I'm a Facebook friends with, Saul Kane, just went off on uh, the whole hope dealer thing. Uh-huh. And I think that there's some really bad players uh-huh. from around the country that that use hope dealer that mm-hmm. I don't think do a very good job. Some of them are body brokers. Uh, oh, gotcha. And so that just kills. The- so it kind of has killed the vibe, but it's something. I mean, it's tattooed on my body right. and has been for years, so it's not really something I can take back. No, if it's truly hope. That's going to inspire in the first place. Yeah, I, and I'm big on hope. Um, yeah. Hope means one has, remember those two things? Uh, the ability and the opportunity. Both the ability and the opportunity for change. Yeah. And as a peer, one of our jobs is to help instill or deal hope to people. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And everybody, to me, everybody's a hope dealer. You don't have to have a substance use disorder. Anybody that's gone through something, overcame it, and then uses that information to yeah. help to kind of pour into somebody else's life. Once again, it's what I call the garbage theory, but you know, we have all this garbage Uh that happens. And once we overcome that, we can grind it into compost and use it to fertilize other people's lives. And that's amazing. It's what a hope dealer does. It is. Right. Think about the word hope in America. It just doesn't, doesn't America. I don't hold the same weight, you know, because I I, I hope I see you tomorrow. I mean, I hope I get good grades. I I, I hope this COVID-19 thing gets better soon. Um, but you even think about biblically, the word hope is is, is a a guaranteed thing. You know, you know, uh, hope does not disappoint because hope is a guaranteed thing. And you think about what you're talking about, hope. It's the ability and the opportunity to help somebody pursue recovery, giving them both those things. Hope carries so much more weight than the uh, the American word of hope. So whether you like the term hope dealer or not, it's never going to go away. I will mm-hmm. never stop using it. I will use it as pos- positively as possible. Mm-hmm. And while we have some of these other knuckleheads that are doing their whole negative thing and trying to profit off it, this is about nothing but trying to build people up and help uh, 
empower other people to turn around and deal hope and then for them to empower other people and then we have you run around like the encourager i mean we could just break yeah. it down like a nicodemus you know paul <laughs> Let's um, do it Timothy I thing, it. I guess. Timothy, but, yes, yeah, yeah. You know, or, you're the encourager, so you can be the Nicodemus, yeah. and you can just kind of, you, know. you can be a hype man, you like Clive for Clive. Yeah, boy! <laughs> I'll, I'll be the hype man. You okay. So, yeah, so, uh, what you got? I think that, um, I think that I love that how we transitioned from the Nichols Fourth Law into Hope Dealer, and um, I, I, I think we're spreading hope, man. That's what I think. I think we are too, and I think that's probably something we should continue to do. Let's, I think we should. You know, and I think that's something that our listeners should continue to do. So know this: when you hear me use the word hope dealer, I'm not talking about this exclusive mm-hmm. group or these people that have found this the, the superpower. In fact, as a person in recovery, I will tell you, I'm not a unicorn. There's another 23 and a half million people in the United States, just like me and Josh, mm-hmm. that are in long-term recovery. Yep. So we are not, you know, anomalies. It's weird. Some people, they, they, they treat it like, oh my gosh, you actually found your way out. Yeah, yeah. there's a ton of people that have. Yeah, there's yeah. actually more people in recovery than have an active substance use disorder in the United States. How about that? Wow. But you never hear about that, right? No. It, it goes back to another chapter in my book. I'm shamelessly plugging this time. I don't know <laughs> Good why. Good for you. But uh, I've got a chapter in there because we always hear hurt people hurt people. I've got a chapter in there that's called healed people heal mm. people. Because the truth is... Um, we always, I don't know why we focus on the negative. Mm-hmm. I think the media has been really good at it. Mm-hmm. If it bleeds, it leads, you know. Right. They're really good at doing negative uh, um, stories. They are. But I am, I, I will say this. We just had a story done on the uh, the Zoom classes. Oh, yeah. They did that, what, oh, like a week ago? Yeah. They did a story on the Zoom classes that we're doing. And they did not run a single picture or video of drugs, um, somebody sitting cooking something in a spoon, or a police raid. Uh No drugs at all, no negativity, just, hey, these people are doing this to support people in the community that are in recovery or trying to get into recovery. I thought they did a great job. Yeah, that was awesome. So maybe uh, Chaznoff, who is the guy that did the story, maybe Mm -hmm. he's a healed person because he's healing people. Amen. Right? So. Accentuate the positive. Yes. Eliminate the negative. Don't mess with Mr. In-Between. I don't know To that eliminate line. my last remark. I don't know the words to this. Jonah and the whale, Noah in the ark. No. I wasn't around what for the flannel graph stuff. No, this much. is like, yeah, I think this was like 50s. <laughs> I wasn't around then either. <laughs> my, my dad loved old That's rock and awesome. roll. But anyway, um, so yeah, uh, if you got positive stuff going, focus on the positive things yeah. in your life. Focus on what you're doing well and try to grow that and expand mm-hmm. it. Instead of sitting there constantly beating yourself up about where you're falling short. Yep, absolutely. Because negativity begets negativity. And Nichols' fourth law says, I should not do anything that has an act- an outcome that I don't want. Yeah. And I definitely don't want to walk around negative. So me no. focusing on the negatives that I'm doing or the mistakes that I've made is going to result in an outcome. That I don't want. There you have it. I agree. So what do I do? What do I do? Um, what do you do? That's what I'm asking you. I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> that is okay he's fired um, <laughs> I didn't even so, know I was so yeah, on so probation what, well yeah but this isn't your job oh, okay, gotcha. this is a podcast oh, man your job no you're still on probation okay it's enough. been like a 30 day year long well, yeah, yeah, and we can keep it extending it as <laughs> exactly. especially with knuckleheaded comments like that yeah you're still on probation you're back on probation oh, if you were off of it <laughs> 
So what should we do to help have those outcomes that we want? What are some things we can do? Uh, first thing comes to mind is self-care. You know, making sure that you have a routine set up each day where you you have some kind of contemplative thing you're doing. It's prayer or meditation. Um, you, you do your gratitude list in the morning. Something like that, like that to get your day started right. Do something that does have an outcome that you want. That way you can avoid the things that have the negative outcome. And you could also, just to wrap up in a nice little bow, what we've talked about today. Um, Let's do it. Yeah. Well, you could use things like the three questions. Oh, why don't we use the three questions? What about the platinum rule? Oh my God, that? that's amazing. <laughs> wow, I love the way that you brought yes, that back right? to what we were talking about. So we uh-huh. could end by talking about those things. That's amazing. So what are the uh, three questions? You know, the first one is, is if what I'm doing right now, would I do it in front of my kid? Second question is, would I be okay if my kid was doing it? Third question, would I be, would it be okay if, if God Almighty was sitting right next to me watching me do this? Yes. And the platinum rule is, do unto others as you would like to see your most loved one done unto them. Yes. I use it in King James Version. I know. Too. That was no, pretty sweet. Yeah, nobody understands King James Version. <laughs> Like, uh, there's a couple congregations here where the average age is 85 that I think <laughs> they got are still, that? dude, they're all over it. So for those listeners that are under 85, I don't know how could we say it again? <laughs> <laughs> King James, uh, there's probably a few King James version yeah. people that are listening to this podcast, probably yeah. not most. So yes. break it down into a NIV would, version. Let's do that. I'm going to go NLT. I'm going to go new how living about- <laughs> translation. I would do the message, but I can't get all the yo's. So <laughs> what? We'll what, what? <laughs> Treat people the way that you would want your most loved one treated yeah treat people the way you want them to treat the person you care about the most yeah yep Yep. yes and um just like anthony kita says only as i am together we cry (laughs) i don't ever want to feel like i did that day take me to the place i love take me all the way Have you ever noticed how much the drummer looks like Will Ferrell? Yes. I've seen... And Will Ferrell can play the drums. Did you see their drum off? No. Yeah, they did a drum off on one of the night night talk shows. That's awesome. Anyway, love you guys. Hope you guys have an amazing week. But seriously, um, Mm -hmm. focus on what you want to happen. Yep. Um, You know, this goes all the way back to like the book, The Secret. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to focus on the positive things. I want to focus on the things that I want in my life, not on the things I don't want in my Mm -hmm. life. I think a lot of times relapse prevention has us focusing on the things we don't want. Recovery enhancement has us focusing on the things we do want. So you know what? If I focus on positive things, those positive things are going to come back to me. When I put out positivity, positivity comes in. And and that's just based on, uh, I don't know, a lot of uh, spirituality uh, concepts. And it's also, there's also some neuroscience behind it. Uh, uh, Read the secret, watch the the movie, What the Bleep Are We Thinking? That's literally what it's called. Forever on quantum Um, physics? Yeah, on the quantum physics of why when we put out positive, Uh we get positive back. Yes. Any closing? Don't think about a pink elephant. You're thinking about a pink elephant. That's why what we focus on matters. There you have it. Yes. I'm sorry, I'm focusing on a pink elephant. I forgot what to say next. (laughs) Have a great week. We'll talk to you again in a week. Peace. In closing, I just want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Please join us every week for new episodes. If you want to connect with us further, if you have any questions, topics you'd like to hear in the future, or maybe you would like to be on the podcast sometime, you can connect with us at betterlifeandrecovery.com. 
Uh, there's the Better Life and Recovery page on Facebook, or you can, uh, we're on Twitter, uh, B-L-I-R underscore N-P-O. Also, this podcast is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about the network at studiodna.media. Thanks a lot. Y'all have a great week. Do you like pop culture? I do. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you, Andrew. Oh. If you enjoy movies, television, all that kind of stuff, uh, we have a lot of fun on Sif Pop Podcast, part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. So you can come check us out every week. You can listen live or just download it to your podcast feed. Every single week, Aaron breaks down the newest movies that are big in theaters, and I make funny noises. <laughs> You could probably pick one of those that you would like. You can join us every weekend live by looking at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA, or you can find us in your podcast player of preference by searching for Sift Pop.